privilege to share with you uh, this morning as we move toward the Christmas season, into the Christmas season. Right about now, I'm usually taking the stage with about, you know, a group of high school students that uh, are really hyped up and we just played a game. It's really high energy. Uh, people are fighting over donuts and prizes and stuff and uh, usually, you know, pretty uh, high energy going on. And so it's, it's actually, I, you know, I consider it an honor to be here with you and to share with you. And, um, and the thing is about Christmas is that it's really, it's really one of my favorite seasons. Um, as the title on the video had mentioned, we're going to be talking about wish lists this morning. Because Christmas is one of those seasons that I just, it was a huge deal. I mean, coming off of Thanksgiving, if you were able to join us on Thanksgiving morning and have just a, a great time of kicking off the morning, thanking God and for what He's doing and He has done in our lives. And perhaps we went on and shared the day with our families, our friends, and food and football games maybe. Um, you know, and then Friday hopefully came around and we didn't go to work <laughs> and we had a good, nice weekend. Moving into the Christmas season is just great. In fact, if you turn on the radio, I, I was listening to music and stuff. The Christmas songs are really coming alive now in several stations, right? Go to the mall. Be, besides the sales and the, you know, the hustle and shuffle of things of trying to get stuff, there are Christmas songs everywhere. And so our culture as a whole is making a movement into this season. You know, houses are being lit up and trees are being decorated. And the thing about Christmas is that I used to love that really meant a lot to me was um, the wish list. This is the one time of year that I would be able to actually create a list of things I wanted, right? And be received. <laughs> I mean, it was, I, I remember I would make lists throughout the year and I would just told, uh, no, not this time around. But Christmas was the one time where you could, you know, could I write, yeah, you could make a list and we submit it to our, for our consideration. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll see what happens, right? And I just remember moving, kind of thinking, sitting down and thinking, okay, what 50 things am I going to put on this list, right? That'll just cover all the other no's for this one big yes. And, and so I remember I would just, just sit down and think through these lists. And I mean, this list was important. And I would give it to my parents, kind of hoping and expecting they knew that each item was important. They were all equally number one, right? <laughs> and, um, and so I remember thinking about this and moving. And in fact, my Christmas experience, as in our family, the 24th was when all the families got together. We had food together, uh, cousins and uncles and aunts. And right at midnight is when we started sharing gifts and opening up packages. And I remember as the closer the 24th got, more gifts started appearing under the tree. And so I would, as it appeared, I would almost be there, right? And it would be, it would be dropped off under the tree and I would, be right behind there, <laughs> grab, is this, is this one of those? Is this mine? No. Okay. <laughs> and I, this one's heavy. Is this mine? Right? No. And this is your mom's. So I put it under. And I, I even remember like my, my happiness being hinged on this. In fact, I remember, you know, when the 24th came, I would grab a box and shake it and wonder if it was that particular toy or something, a race car, you know, and I would open it up and it, it would be a shirt <laughs> <laughs> or a sweater, right? <laughs> uh, and, and I remember just thinking, okay, well, maybe this one, you know, and it was, just, I, it was just one of those things. In fact, I was trying to remember what was on that list, and 
I couldn't. This gift was so important, you know, that I just, I, I actually couldn't remember. And so I, I turned to my mom and dad, and actually, my mom mainly, and I said, you know, do you remember those lists? And she's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember. Do you remember what was on that list? Yeah, you never let us forget. And uh, I said, well, what were some of those things? She said, well, one year, I, I guess Power Rangers was big. <laughs> and this year, the Green Ranger had come out. Right? And many of you may not know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> it was really important to me. And, and I remember, and she said, you know, you really wanted Green Ranger everything. You wanted the costume. You wanted the mask. And when I told you Halloween had passed, you, you didn't care, right? You just wanted it. And the little action figure that kicked, and you wanted the little thing that transformed into his robot, right? Okay, too much information. But... Green Ranger was a big deal. And, and as we were talking about this, I was like, wow. She starts kind of chuckling to herself. And I was like, what? She's like, I remember another gift you wanted. And she kind of starts laughing a little louder. And as she remembers, I could tell she's like, she's really laughing. And so I'm like, what, what, what was it? She's like, well, one year you wanted to change your name. <laughs> you didn't like your name. <laughs> and so you wanted to change it. And I was like, wow, awesome. I must have been wanting to be like Wolverine, right? Something amazing and powerful and like Maximus, right? Like call me Maximus, right? And I said, well, what, what was the name? <laughs> and she says, and she starts kind of laughing. And I said, what was the name? And she's like, you wanted to be Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I was Pee Wee Herman? Really? Out of all the names, you know, I, I really wish that didn't happen, uh, but it did, and, um, you know, it was one of those things, as time has progressed, the wish list has changed. Um, the desires have changed, but the idea has not. And I think as we, I mean, if I'm honest, there are desires, there are longings, there are wishes that I have. Maybe not ones I would make public, right? But they're there. And as I work with students and adults and kind of live in community, I hear their wishes. You know, perhaps a student desires to really have, be understood, right? I mean, maybe we desire a relationship that we don't have. Or perhaps we desire the lack of frustration and conflict in a relationship or friendship. I think of, you know, maybe there's a desire for us to be able to provide this season. That our joy would be in our, the, the students, our children's joy. And being able to provide them with the gifts and the, the joy of this season. I think the, the real issue is that we, our wishes may not really go away. They just change. And eventually they end up, I think, the, the more we live, end up really calling towards the deeper parts of our soul. They may not be possessions or it may not be, you know, accomplishments as much as they are things that speak to the internal parts of our lives, the eternal parts of our lives, our souls. Deep down, we may not mention them to people, but they are there. They are there. And this idea of wish lists got me thinking about a man who had a great wish. In the first Christmas, 
had an amazing wish. And we're going to take a look and we're going to walk through this man's wish and the fulfillment of his longing. And we're going to hopefully sit with it and draw some things out of it that we might want to move into as we prepare ourselves and walk through this Christmas season. In fact, if you open up your handout, there's um, a passage we're just going to read through. And we're told by Luke, we're introduced to this man, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And we're told that he was righteous and devout, and that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And we're told that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And so this man had, uh, one of the things Luke tells us is this man was sincere, sincere in his devoutness. He was a good man. And this man had an amazing wish. He, he, he was longing. His wish was for the Messiah, the comforter of his people. He had this powerful wish. And we're told that in addition to this desire that he had, this longing he had, that we're told that this particular man was his, the Holy Spirit, God's presence was on him, was in his life. And we're told in verse 26 that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, that is, that God impressed on him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. See, Simeon was in his later years, maybe in the last season of his life, and he was an aged man who had this longing and this desire, and perhaps in his time of devoutness with God, of devoting himself to God, perhaps God made the impression and said, Simeon, I hear your cry, I hear your desire, and you're going to see it. You're going to see it before you die. I can just imagine in my mind's eye how that must have been. That this longing that he had, this desire he had, he's told, it will be fulfilled. Maybe it happened the night before and the next morning he goes to temple courts, I don't know, expecting. Kind of a renewed excitement. Perhaps he's walking around the temple courts wondering if this was the day he would see and fulfill his wish. He would see it come to pass. There's this idea that he is engaged into what God has, has for him. And as we move through it, we're told that on this particular day, verse 27, Simeon was moved by the Spirit. He was impressed. He was maybe awoken and said, this, this day will be unlike any other. He went into the temple courts. And we're told, we're, we're told that this day he was stirred. Because on this day, the desire he had, the wish he had, and the fulfillment of it were going to intersect. On this day, it would happen. And as he steps into the temple courts, maybe looking and expecting, ready to receive what God had for him, he moved in with hope, excitement. Maybe he was watching and seeing the people come in and walk through the temple mount and wondering, maybe this one, maybe that one, I don't know. We're told that as this is going on, the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. That, In fact, it's a custom we hold even in this community, that the firstborn or the child is dedicated to God. And so Mary and Joseph brought Jesus 
the baby, the child, to be dedicated to God, that his life would be God's. And as this is happening, we're told that Simeon took him in his arms. And maybe right then and there, as he received Jesus, he was revealed and his eyes opened. And maybe he was impressed with the fact that this is the one. We're told that as Simeon receives Jesus into his arms, he ends up, something inside of him just comes out spontaneously. He ends up praising God, just singing to God. Much like what we've done here this morning. And he's holding Jesus, and as he receives him, he sings out to God, and he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, let me see him. And now... You can dismiss your servant in peace. Now I am ready to die. I'm ready to go. Now I'm done. As I have Jesus here, I am fulfilled. Stuck out to me. It's powerful. It's a powerful statement. I grew up uh, with my dad and my mom, and I also grew up with my grandfather. And um, you know, my grandfather's been a part of my life since. Uh, the, before I was born, and until this very, you know, to this day. And I remember my earliest memories are of me sitting down with my grandfather and him telling stories. And I don't even know if I understood the stories, but he was telling me the stories. And I remember just some of them being kind of long stories, you know. And I'd be like, uh, and some of them short. They were all about his life and my family and how um, they had made the transition and they made their way into the United States and, you know, shifted things and as they came into this culture and lived life and started new. And he was telling me the experiences he had had and the relationships he had had and the sacrifices he had made. And sacrifice, I mean, just powerful, impactful stories. Some of them amazing. Kind of made me wish I had been there to see them. And other of them just kind of stunning. And sometimes I would wonder, and I, they kind of sounded a little bit exaggerated, and so I would just kind of question them about it, you know. Are you sure that, I don't know if that's happened. That's what happened, right? <laughs> it was just like a little bit of tense anger, you know. I was like, okay, all right, I believe you, <laughs> you know. But never did my grandfather ever tell me about an experience or an event in his life and then end it with, and you know what, Lewis? That's when I was ready. That made my life. That made my life. And I've never heard him say that. You know, that, that was it, and I'm done. And I think about Simeon. He had lived a long life. And he had probably experienced different things, ups and downs. He probably accomplished things, accumulated things, maybe had relationships and friendships, probably had, you know, points of excitement and joy and life and probably points down of frustration and, you know, just tougher moments. But this moment, we're told it tops all. This moment in which he receives Jesus into his arms is the moment he declares this is it. Nothing else compares to Jesus in my arms. And we're told that he moves into it and he says, this is why my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your answer to humanity's cry. I've seen it. And that is enough. It's here. 
And he goes on, he says, you have prepared this in the sight of all the people, that this is not an isolated event for an isolated people in an isolated region. And perhaps all of humanity, maybe with knowing it, without knowing, has been longing for the day when this would happen. When salvation would come. The comfort would come. The healer would come. And maybe in this moment, he's just beside himself that he is at the epicenter of it happening. And from this moment, generations will long for that first Christmas and look for it, whether we know it or not. This is for all people of all languages and cultures and regions. He just declares this and he says, look, this is a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for the glory is of Israel. Salvation has come through this chosen people. And he's just, it's an amazing declaration. Powerful. And as this is happening, we're told that the child's father and mother, Joseph and Mary, sit there and they are marveled, right? They're just marveled at what is said about them. I think many parents, rightly so, right, are just in love with their children. I mean, I've seen it. I, we have people in our ministry who recently had children, had babies, and they come and they just talk today. She turned over. <laughs> really, yeah. Moved her hand. <laughs> wow. Today, one step. Mumbled today. What did he say? I don't know. <laughs> it was beautiful. Right? And that's rightly so. But Mary and Joseph have people coming to them. Have the wise men trekking miles and miles to come and kneel before this child. They have shepherds right, who are revealed and declare. They have people who just look at the child and we're told that Mary's cousin just jumps with joy as Mary comes near. And now Simeon. And even after Simeon, there's, if you read on, Anna who just sees Jesus, and something ignites in them. He is the center of joy and delight. And so they're marveled. And Simeon turns and looks at them and says, he blessed them, and he says to Mary, and he kind of brings it down to kind of the reality of it. And he says to his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. It will be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And yes, a sword will pierce your soul. And it's understanding that Jesus' coming will not be completely received. That not everyone will receive and embrace Jesus. And that there will be conflict and tension around him. That there will be people who choose to receive him and follow him. And there will be people who resist him, speak out against him, who do not receive him. As it is to this day. And he speaks into Mary and says, Mary, you will be affected to, at, uh, from this to the very core. 
Maybe he's speaking into the day where Jesus takes on himself all of humanity's pain, all of the brokenness, the injustice, what is wrong with our world upon himself. And maybe he's speaking into that moment where Mary watches Jesus take it on so that we may live through his sacrifice. Mary, this will affect you at the deepest core. It will pierce, just like it pierced Jesus. It will pierce your soul. It will pierce you. And so many chose to receive, many chose to not. And that's still happening today. And for those of us who choose to receive, there is a great joy and delight. There is something that comes and fills our home, our heart. And this is the season. And when I was, you know, moving through this, these are some things we could think about as we move into this Christmas season of perhaps God may want us to enter this season a new way, a different way. And I was thinking, maybe, you know, Simeon, one of the things that is apparent in in how he lived, is that he delighted in God. He took great joy in God. God was his delight. And I was thinking, maybe we can emulate him and make room in our daily lives to delight in God. Perhaps this season is a season where we make a renewed commitment. A renewed commitment. In fact, um, I think... We have a great opportunity here. For each weekday, the church is opened up for people to come together for an hour and delight in God and come draw near to God and set the morning aside. And it's a great opportunity we could take full advantage of. And if we're not able to, maybe we make a commitment within our own time. And we say, this time in my schedule, God, is for me to delight in you. This is our time where I draw near to you in a new way, in a fresh way, where I don't go through the motions, where I don't just, I know this story, I I know these songs, but we come in with a renewed attitude and intention. I was thinking, second, you know, there might be some of us who actually have things in us that weigh us down. Pains, Points of anger, frustration, perhaps we're disappointed. Maybe when we sing songs, the joy we sing about is actually not in us. There's something else in us. And perhaps it's weighing us. I was thinking for those of us who might be in that place, we may not be in the delighted place. Perhaps this is a rough season. Perhaps there are things we long for to be healed. Maybe we've been disappointed. I was thinking, for those of us who are there, we can bring those things that may hold us back from drawing near to God. In other words, we can bring the things, whatever may keep us from that delight to Him. The idea is that both are welcome. That if we are filled with delight and joy and God is our wish, we are welcome. And if there are things in our lives that hold us from that delight, we are welcome. We both have the privilege of stepping in to God, drawing near to Him, pressing into Him through the season. 
wherever we're at. In fact, the last thought is closely tied to this, that there is, there is a component of us bringing who we are, what we are to Him, and then there's a component of us inviting Him into us. And that perhaps this season, we may want to invite God into our lives. We may want to invite His joy, that we may experience what Simeon experienced. In fact, if there's those of us who've been walking in this way for some time now, and we're tired, maybe, weary, a little dry, maybe this season is a season where we ask God, give me a fresh breath of joy. Bring me life this season. Renew me. Refresh me. Give me, give me that water that I thirst for. Perhaps this is a season, this is the day, the beginning of refreshing ourselves in God. And perhaps there are those of us who maybe have never invited God in. I'm thinking maybe we have some people, we maybe came here with some friends. Or maybe we've been coming for some time, but we've never actually invited God in. I'd just like to say, you can do that, we can do that now right now. It's that easy to invite him in to our lives. When you go home, perhaps, or tomorrow. If you'd like to have a discussion with somebody about it, you could maybe talk to your friend or your family member that brought you, you came with, or that you might know. Perhaps a small group you're in. Maybe if you'd like to have a discussion with one of the pastors, we are more than available after and before services. In fact, we have a, people, a group of people specifically devoted to being available to anybody who would want to receive prayer. If you'd like to pray with somebody and ask God into your life, maybe in a refreshed way or for the first time, we have people who are more than willing and available. In fact, they're designated. And they're, they're usually, they roam in that room just ready. They have a blue tag. <laughs> in other words... This is the place. Perhaps this is the day we experience his joy, his life, where God is our delight. And maybe as we move into this season, we can, with Simeon, be filled with praises for God. Be filled with life and joy. And perhaps us receiving Jesus into our arms would be the sole reason, the thing that we wish and long for above any other. And in that, we are fulfilled. In a moment, we're going to be receiving our offering and sharing in the closing song. And if you just look at the song, it speaks directly to this, this idea of delighting in God. And it's called the glory of it all. And the fourth stanza speaks of this. And he says, it's just kind of a declaration of the glory of it all is this, that he came here, that God stepped into our experience to rescue us all that we may live. For from him comes life and joy. He says the glory of it all is indeed that he came here and that he is here. May he be here. May he remain with us through this season. Let's pray.
I thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you, when you are invited, you readily fill our souls. And I pray that you would help us draw near to you in the same attitude of expectancy and openness and willingness to receive what you have for us, Lord. May you move our hearts to a place where our wish is your wish for us, where we are ready to receive in the way Simeon received Jesus, afresh, anew in our lives. We pray, God, that you may be our delight, that you may be our glory, and that your joy may be full in us. Pray this in Jesus' name.